Welcome back to another episode of NBA Geekly. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and we are presented to you, as always, by Geek Vibes Nation. Joining me tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What up, fellas? A man who does not believe in load management. Always here. A man who does believe in load management. Uh, also joining us, Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Or should I say Kawhi? Well, guys, hey, listen, I have this <laughs> leg injury that's just never been diagnosed properly, so I always <laughs> make sure I get my management. <laughs> I don't want to over you know, uh, my lung capacity and all that and uh, <laughs> run out of being able to say things for you, so I like to take nights hey, off man. here and there. So hopefully people are prepared care of your respiratory one podcast and then I'm gone. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, respiratory system is fucking important. You know, we we gotta fucking you gotta manage that load, man. Um, anyway, uh, good to have you back, Luke. It's been a little bit. Um, very very excited to have you back for this episode. Um, so we're gonna talk about a lot of different shit. Um, but I want to get started with some of the games uh, that were very surprising um, this week. So Monday night, the Milwaukee Bucks lost. Uh, to the Lucas Dallas Mavericks, I mean, this was Lucas. Um, it was, it was ridiculous that they lost to the Lucas Mavericks. Um, True. I, like, I can't say I'm like terribly shocked, um, only because last year um, when Luca missed ten games last year and the Mavs went five and five. I mean, they were 500. Yeah. They actually had a better winning percentage when he wasn't in than when he was in um, last season. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, they're a very, like, Carlisle's a really good coach. They're a very competent team. Uh, and essentially, I mean, what ended up being the reason they won the game was Porzingis had the best game he's had since he was a New York Nick. Um, and, you know, that. That absolutely helped propel them to victory. I'm, I was still very surprised that it happened. I feel like I shouldn't – I feel like I should have maybe seen it coming, though. Um, maybe even kind of like a trap game type of situation. Um, but, like, you know, we get accustomed to these teams going on these streaks, and, and we're just like, yeah, they should win that game. Yep, yep, they should win that game. They should win that game. And it's like the NBA doesn't usually work like that. Like every now and then you fucking drop your guard and you end up losing to a team you shouldn't lose to. And that's basically what happened. I don't think it's a huge deal. I do, however, am a little concerned that um, they lost this game despite Giannis fucking dominating and just being unstoppable and no one else could do shit. I'm not concerned about them as it pertains to the regular season. But they need to they need to do something to add another element to that team, um, and maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I, I'm still not sold on this team being a legit title contender. Um, like, it, it, I, as good as Giannis is, I just I can see this team suffering come playoff time because these other guys may not be able to step up. Um, and and uh, prove prove their worth. We'll see, um, but it, it it is slightly concerning to me. Um, but Joel, what were your thoughts 
on uh, Dallas without Luka upsetting uh, Milwaukee and breaking their winning streak. Um, and uh, are, are, do you agree with me that you think they should be looking to add like another solid ancillary piece to kind of boost their title um, contention, uh, you know, going throughout this season? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, getting to that question, I, I do believe that they need to do more um, if they plan on going farther than where they're at right now. Because right now they, they, they've, play, they've played better than I expected uh, all year. Uh, so in that regard, I think for them to take the next level, they need, they need to think about trying to bring in another piece, a third piece to complement um, Luka and Porzingis. Because uh, uh, no offense, but I mean, it just feels like at some point, Porzingis is probably going to go down too. It's not just going to be Luka. Uh, it's just going to probably happen just because that's just what happens. Um, so, I mean, eventually for a prolonged playoff run, they're going to need at least another solid piece. Now, do they have the assets to, to, to get that piece? That's a different question. Uh, are they going to have to figure something out. They do have some assets there that, that could be tradable that they could probably pull someone out of somewhere. Um but um in terms of like picks and shit they're kinda they're kinda half assed you know with with what they got um after that Nick trade. So um in regards to them beating the Bucks, uh I was shocked but also I mean that was a long fucking winning streak. They had to lose eventually. <laughs> right. Uh, I just well, I, I guess it, 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 one of those days, you know, you just couldn't play. Well, maybe they 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 took the, well, the, the foot off I the think, gas because Luca wasn't playing. And I think THJ got hot. And you and I both yeah, know I mean, how THJ can get yep. hot. I mean, it can yeah, just happen. True. Like he can go off. And get, he it's just, true. Like it doesn't happen consistently. He's never been consistent. Oh. But any given game, that motherfucker can throw up some fucking points. That's very true. That's a hundred percent true. And that's, look, they have guys that can that can put up numbers. And, and Porzingis had a good game. TJ had a good game. Uh, and they obviously didn't need Luca for that game. And the Bucks probably caught them off guard. You know, it's one of those games like, oh, they don't got Luca. Fuck them. Uh, and, and it cost them at the end of the day. So it, you know, it's just it was inevitable. I mean, again, the Bucks they were they were on a hell of a streak. I mean, it was gonna it, it had to stop at some point because it was ridiculous. <laughs> It just, you know, happened to yeah. be a game where no one expected it because Luka didn't play. So, uh, shocked, but also surprised, but also, uh, I mean, it was kind of inevitable. It would happen eventually. One of those things. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, Luke, uh, what are your thoughts on this game? And, um, yeah, I was I was kind of referring to uh, – I know what you were referring at, to. I, I knew you were talking yeah, about Yeah, an ancillary Milwaukee. piece. Um, but I mean, I think Joel's right too. I mean, oh, I think Dallas definitely needs to add. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I know. it's all good. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Joel. I think that Dallas needs to as well. Um, your thoughts on the game, Luke, and on you know, pick or go with both those teams. No, I mean it was a very uh, concerning kind of loss for the Bucks. I feel like even though they had plenty of time to get back in, they made runs. It's just. When you have a Luka-less team, you should be able to take care of business, especially if you kind of have the healthy team. Um, what I really thought uh, was interesting is, I mean, you said Kristoff had his best game, but he really, you know, works well when Jalen Brunson's running the point guard, you know. He's able to – the system's going through him. He's, uh, you know, doing the pick and roll. 
he could get to a spot when Luca like is kind of running everything out there. He's just standing in the three-point line, which I don't think Kristaps really got into his game, really liked it like that. So what I don't understand is why don't they try to run this Brunson um, Kristaps, you know, more often. I mean, definitely has done them well. They're going to have to do it while he's out, but I still think afterwards. Because Mavs, yes, they do need to make Stagger a, him a little bit, a trade. Like stagger, stagger him and Luca, you mean? Yeah, just stagger him. I mean, obviously you have something between Brunson and Kristoff that you can't roll. You you can't run with Luca and Kristoff, so you should stagger him, right. and we should see more more of this lineup. I mean, Kristoff definitely, as you said, he thrives. It's his best game. I mean, they definitely needed it from him because without Luca, you know, all the offense is going to go through him. I mean, definitely you had Hardaway. Um, actually, it wasn't Hardaway that stepped up. It was Seth Curry. I want to say stepped up big time. Oh yeah, Seth. But, uh, Seth had a really good game. Yeah. Yeah, him and Kristoff. So you know, when the teams huh. around, I mean, either one without Luca out there, I think you know, a team around Kristoff's too. The I still don't you know believe in the Mavs players, but I do think after watching them right now that they're built around that. If one of them goes out, you know, the the other one can thrive. So I think you know they'll they'll probably do well. Not, you know, not go 500 just because it's a different team in the West and they're a little bit better. So, you know, teams are definitely trying to play up to their, you know, their best game. Except that last year, you know, you're going against the Mavs. Like Kristaps not even in there. But Milwaukee, you know, 18-game winning streak. I didn't think they were going to lose it right there, especially at home. They had plenty of time to get back into it. Um, Giannis kind of got tempted, but he got pulled into what the Mavs wanted him to do. And, that was, uh, you know, take pull-up threes. They're kind of just, you know, telling him, you know, try to take this. And he was definitely, you know, pulling them up, but he was missing them. At that point, I just think, you know, if, if you see that they want you to take the three, obviously they're scared if you start charging them. And, you know, Giannis is, you know, he could take three steps and he's basically at the goal. So I think, you know, you, you should see that and start attacking. So that was one thing, you know. But maybe he's a little tired. Like I said, 18 games was um, impressive. I mean, he's done that basically all on his own. I mean, Blanco's been out. Middleton's been out. I do think they – Milwaukee does need to make a trade in my mind. Um, I do think there is a person out there. Um, I just don't know how they'll get to it. I mean, you definitely alluded to it that we'll get to him in a little bit. I think we're on the same page. But right now, I don't think the Mavs need to make a, a like, a drastic. Yeah, it's surprising where they're at right now. You know, they're third. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. But I don't think they're a contending team. I still think, you know, in a playoff series, I wouldn't make the trade. I mean, you could maybe go out to Iguodala and that would help you out right now. I don't think there's a, a major trade. I don't think Bradley Beal's out there. He'd be awesome with them. But I don't think he's completely on the block. He can't be traded. So. Well, yeah, he, he can't be, traded, he can't so, be so. traded, yeah. So, I would just still wait. I, I found the Mavs. I still have time, so, I, you know, I would just wait. But as for Milwaukee, I, they're a good team. And like I said, 18 games, you know, you're going to run into this just one game where you kind of just sat back and, you know, maybe they didn't come into it 100%. I mean, Giannis definitely does every game, but every other player has to. And they're seeing it a loop list team, so they kind of didn't have the, the pedal to the metal the whole time. But – they do need to make one other, one other trade. I just it's in the guard position. I just feel like without Brogdon, I still don't have a hundred percent belief in Bledsoe. Just because I think that one person can shut him down. So they definitely need to make yeah. a move in the guard position. Yeah. No. I mean, I completely agree. Um, that's exactly my feelings as well. You're 
they have like six shooting guards on that fucking roster, and none of them are really that good. Like, <laughs> there's some that used to be good. There's some that might be good in the future, but none of them are that good right now. Um, so yeah, I would want somebody who's good now to like pair with this team. And I think there's enough guys out there that could hit the market that, you know, they could make a move. Um, but yeah, if we have time, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that, uh, in just a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, essentially, um, with that and also with um the your your take on the Mavs maybe waiting is is the best case scenario for them um one of the biggest reasons why it might be is as we stated you can't you can't get Beal um this season you can get him in the off season i don't think they would be able to put the best package together for Beal um but the the advantage to waiting to the off season is if they wait to the draft, they can trade their 2020 pick plus a 2025 first-round pick, um, whereas right now they can only offer one first-round pick because of their commitments to the Knicks. So that limits your ability to make a move that's actually meaningful. Um, You know, I think it might be best for them they're, to me, the Mavs are, <clears throat> right now are playing with house money. Like, you don't have to fucking be a contender this year. You you were you were fucking like way better than most people, if not everyone, thought you would be. So you're good. You're like the Sixers were two two or three years ago when they just you know got. Everything everything was rolling. They ended up finishing third in the East. Obviously, they ended up um, losing in the second round to your Celtics, uh, uh, Luke. But um, that was house money time for, for the Sixers. They didn't have to do anything. Um, and we saw, you know, kind of what trying too hard to do something uh, looks like. And we saw the Sixers do it. So don't try too hard. Um, essentially, if you're the Mavericks, um, and especially because you're already down two first-round picks uh, in order to go get Kristaps. Uh, I do think what you said, Luke, also is interesting in that um, <clears throat> I do agree with you. I think they should heavily stagger um, KP and Luka to the point where he, like one of them's on the floor at any given time, and that is – uh, in large part due to I don't think they operate at their best together. I think they operate um, like I don't I don't think Kristaps um, inhibits Luca from being Luca, but I do think Luca's game like I don't think Kristaps' game melds well with Luca. So I don't think Luca really I don't he doesn't have the the the, the type of um, I I don't know how to phrase it because I'm not I'm not trying to talk shit about Luca here. Like he doesn't make his teammates better. I'm not I'm not saying anything stupid like that. I'm just saying like the way that those two players um, can be best utilized. If you want to best utilize Luca, then you're not going to be able to best utilize Kristaps. Um, is the point that I guess I'm trying to make. 
Um, so he's not – Kristaps is not the perfect complement to Luka, and I've said that since they made the trade. Um, and so I think if they stagger them and they can get um, – kind of do – essentially do what the Lakers have been doing, um, you know, if, you, if you've been paying attention to the Lakers, they have LeBron uh, and or AD on the floor at any given time. Um, I mean, out of necessity – uh, but it, it's an interesting way to construct lineups, um, and I, I kind of applaud Frank Vogel on his lineup construction this year because it's been really well done and really smart. Um, and uh, I think <clears throat> that would be an interesting way to utilize Kristaps and to actually get him the necessary touches uh, that it, you know he basically needs in order to be effective when Luca is not on the court, um, you know, you're going to have probably anywhere between 12 to what, 16 minutes, um, in a, in a given night where Luca's not on the court. Um, maybe a little less depending on what the, what the minutes load is in a given night. Um, but that's some time where Luca can really go to work. And I think you're right. I think Brunson is a good compliment to him. So we'll monitor that. It'll be interesting to see what Dallas can kind of come up with there. But um, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, the Lakers, um, you know, the Bucks, their winning streak was snapped. The Lakers, uh, their road 14-game, I believe, winning streak was snapped uh, by the depot-less uh, Indiana Pacers. Still depot-less. Um, but, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean – Again, kind of surprising. Um, not the team that you would think would be the team to knock off the Lakers. Um, and interestingly enough, you know we're going to see these two teams square off tomorrow, and uh, they now have the same record. Um, so uh, kind of winner take all as far as king of the league. Uh, but anyway, the Lakers uh, drop one in in a really, really tight game uh, to the Indiana Pacers. Um, I know a lot of people were, were um, kind of talking about like a revenge game for LeBron because the last time he played the Pacers, they handed him the biggest loss of his career. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think that was on LeBron's mind, but maybe. Um, it's the kind of thing that if people are talking about, then it might be on his mind. I don't think it would be on his mind arbitrarily, though. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the Pacers did did work, uh, led by uh, someone who I hope will be an all-star this season, DeMontis Sabonis, who's just fucking balling. Yeah. Uh, props, props to you, Joel, um, for, like, saying he was, like, their – you know, uh, best player outside of Victor Oladipo. Because um, you're probably right. It might be Brogdon, but it's definitely not Miles Turner, who is, you know, the guy that I fucking love. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, uh, they've been fuck. Uh, they've been fucking great. And I, uh, sorry, the fucking my computer was not on mute, and the fucking commercial just popped up. I'm looking at stats. Um, anyway, uh, Sabonis has been fucking great. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Turner. Um, Brogdon 
kind of struggled a little bit last night, shooting 6 of 16, only 14 points. But he always brings it on the defensive end, um, and and that's, you know, something that's very important. Something that I have been kind of monitoring that I think is very interesting, Jeremy Lamb started tonight, but he only played – or last night, but he only played 15 minutes. Um, the bulk that's, of those that's minutes got – Right, the bulk of those minutes are getting soaked up by um, Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday, and T.J. McConnell, and they're even playing uh, Aaron Holiday uh, in in like a um, sort of off ball role next to T.J. McConnell at times. Um, but uh, Aaron Holiday got 30 minutes last night, uh, the most minutes off the bench, um, and obviously the most out of. Uh, way more, like double the minutes that Jeremy Lamb got. Um, and his minutes have increased in the last four games. Uh, so that's just something of note. It's something to monitor, um, especially with Depot coming back. They invested a lot in, in Jeremy Lamb this offseason. Um, yeah. He's been you know, injury prone. And I think that's what it is. He has a groin injury. So <clears throat> right. I have him in my fantasy and maybe, team, so I have to replace him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to get on that. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, you know, uh, I, I think LeBron he ha- had kind of a lackluster night. It, I guess, another thing too is it doesn't really surprise me with the Lakers. Um, they've they've been like pedaled down for a large portion of the season. But dude, I saw them play the Hawks what Sunday, and the Hawks almost yeah. beat them. And the Hawks just got their ass fucking handed to them by the Knicks. So, like, if the Hawks almost beat you and then lose by 20-plus points to the Knicks, um, your, your, your focus is, is not there. Um, so, you know, I think, again, this is kind of situation, maybe kind of a trap game, is bound to happen eventually. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, they just weren't <laughs> – they, they just weren't very good. Um, and you know, obviously they, uh, they didn't have, uh, Anthony Davis. So that, that is, you know, fucking goes without saying that that's a a huge effect on their, on their, uh, on their team. Uh, but anyway, uh, Joel, what were your thoughts on the Lakers dropping one to the Pacers? Uh, A little shocking, uh, cause you know, the Lakers have been hot, uh, but, yeah, paces are pretty good. You know, uh, I never, I, I'm not one. I am not one to sleep on them because uh, they do have the potential to just beat you. They just can. Uh, surprisingly, they'll just sneak up on you and beat you again. They're a pretty good team. Like, uh, yeah, I forgot where they're at. Uh, what six? Even six, without I think, Oladipo, the they're like. I know. That's that's what surprised me most is I knew they would be good when Depot got back. I did not expect I, – I had heard enough reporting that was like, I don't think he's going to be back until 2020, which seems like that's right. what it'll be. I did not think it's they would a, be this good <laughs> without Depot. You know what I mean? But they have right. been. No, I do. No, they have. Uh, and um, a big portion of that is uh, they have a good, well-formed team. Like Jerry Lamb, when healthy, is really good. Malcolm Brogdon was a great pickup. He's one of the most efficient players in the league, easily. Uh, then you have, of course, um, Sabonis has been playing, like you said, like an all-star, 
And then Miles Turner is always good. I mean, he's a good player. Big man, block shots, you know, shoot. We can shoot from outside. So they're they're well balanced. They have um, um, T.J. Warren, another good player. Um, <clears throat> they have the, the Holidays, Aaron and Justin, and they got McBuckets. <laughs> so, I mean, they got guys, you know. They got, they got, they, 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 the coach uses them well. So they're well coached. They play well. They play hard. And if you slip up like the Lakers did, it, you're gonna lose. It's just it is what it is. You gotta play hard every game, or else you just you're bound. You're just gonna lose. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Luke, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Lakers dropping this one to Indy? I actually wasn't surprised at all. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was gonna be a good matchup, regardless if Anthony Davis was in or not. I mean, this was. A team right now, this is the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, Victor Oladipo's out, but he still has to get acclimated to the team. This was like the whole healthy Pacers, finally. I mean, Miles Turner just came off probably his best game uh, after being injured, you know, getting those five blocks. So it was like, this is kind of like the Pacers team right now as we know it. And I like their front court matchup. I mean, I just thought Sabonis and Turner would be able to, you know, do good. I mean, without Anthony Davis, you know, they're definitely going to be able to thrive. It just what really interests me is Miles, them using Miles Turner because when he was out, Sabonis did really well, and now we see, you know, the Sabonis that you guys are talking that he should be an all-star. He's definitely they've been their best player. Him and Brogdon probably be their two mm-hmm. all-stars. But um, the way that they're using Miles Turner, which I thought was very interesting, is he plays defense at the five. But as soon as they go over onto the offensive side, he's playing power forward at the four, which is not his game at all. And, you know, he's been shooting threes. He's gotten a lot better at it. I mean, they definitely, you know, it doesn't look broke or anything. It's a, it's a hierarchy three, but that's not his game because they have Sabonis kind of running through, through him at the five and allowing him to do his passing. So it was just, uh, you know, it's very interesting. And then in the fourth, I don't think they, they – both of them came back in until under three minutes where both of them were playing again. So, you know, them using – figuring out how to use Miles Turner, I don't think they're going to make any moves. I mean, they definitely need to see um, Oladipa back. And, I mean, he's not going to be back for another month. But, I mean, this is a – like you guys are saying, this is a pretty good team. I still think that they're going to need to make some moves later on. I don't think right now, but – it's just interesting how they're using these two bigs because Sabonis is taking the step where you can't ignore his offensive capabilities of just running through him. And it's kind of putting Turner at that, you know, making him change his game up. So I didn't think it was very shocking. I mean, LeBron definitely tried, you know, his best. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty tough when all the lights on you. Uh, who really surprised me is I really just always want the worst for these two players for the Lakers but they just seem to be doing really well. And that's Dwight and Caruso. Um, <laughs> yeah, every Dwight time they 10 to 10 from the field. <laughs> Dude, and Caruso was just, they're running this, like, lob, this, like, little, like, through him and Caruso. And I was just like, I just, both of them are just so good for the Lakers. I just want to hate on both Caruso. of them for some odd reason. But they're just, just they're doing really well. Um, now, I How can you hate Caruso? <laughs> You're white. Uh, we got to root for like, the, the, like <laughs> two or three good white players in the league, man. Caruso's definitely one of them. <laughs> Come He's on. on the Lakers, so I, all I see is Not purple, fair. and I just hate that. So I just yeah, no, I can't I, root yeah. for him. So. <laughs> but um, you know, it was um, 
very impressive for the Pacers. I mean, they've just came off two big wins. I mean, beating the Celtics, they beat us pretty handily. And then, you know, taking on this Lakers team. And once they get Oladipo, I still think they should run this team how it is. I, I, the Turner and Sabonis going to have to work its way out. I still think Sabonis in the end. Now, I want to just quickly run this through you so we don't get off track because we both believe, all of us, I think all of us believe, Kevin Love's not getting traded. Mm-hmm. He's just not. It's just impossible no. possible. Indiana's no. not making wow. any trades. They're not trading Miles Turner, even though I would love him, you would love no. him, everyone else would love Miles Turner. They're just not trading because you want to see I, what Victor Oladipo. So you're just going to run this team. You want to see what Victor Oladipo's yeah. like with it on the team. So here's my theory. What if these two teams waited out? Now, Love would be really nice next to Sabonis. That is the power forward that you want next to Sabonis, who can hit a three, who likes to just stand out there and do it. So I'd rather have Turner. Here, Here's where it gets interesting. What if you get a first-round pick from the Cavs? So they send you Milwaukee's first-round pick in 2022 they owe you yeah. and Love. You send out, out Turner. So now they have whatever they want to do with Turner. They can trade them for pieces or just build with them. No. And then you give them Dougie and TJ. Kevin Love could no. be a decent person next to bonus. I mean, that's who they want, kind of the power forward. In my mind, watching it, if that's what you want Miles Turner to do, I just don't think – Moving forward, that's not what Miles Turner wants to do, is playing power that's forward fine. and doing all this craziness. That's fine. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I think Miles Turner is a better shooter than what you're giving him credit for. But, like, and I actually think he it's smart to have him shooting more threes. I actually think that's a good thing for them. Um, but, um, I like, there's no way. There's no way I'm giving up, like, a 23-year-old fucking – dude on an $18 million a year contract for a 31, 32-year-old Kevin Love who's worse defensively. Like, you talked about how Turner plays the five defensively. Like, Love is not fucking protecting the paint. He's not getting you those kind of block numbers. He's not protecting the rim. Um, No, I don't think that's good at all. Uh, Like, I I think – I wouldn't trade Miles Turner for Kevin Love straight up at all. Like I and and getting getting the pick back, it like I'm not like I'm not interested in the Bucks future pick or whatever, um, unless depending on what the protections are on it, I don't I don't know them off the top of my head, um, unless I have some kind of inclination that uh, you know Giannis might leave. Like no, I'm not no I'm not doing that, man. I I just can't. And I, like Indiana's just not a team that would want to pay. Like they're going to have to pay Oladipo not next season, but the next season. Like they they're not going to want that kind of salary on their payroll. If anything, I think you make a move to cut salary uh, when when you're thinking about trading Miles Turner, um, the guy that I have them that I, if I was them, the guy I would be actively searching and. Uh, some way to get is Robert Covington because of his very nice salary and the fact that he can like guard the wing um, and he can hit those threes and do all that kind of stuff that you're having Turner do on the offensive end. He doesn't give you the pain protection, but like love doesn't give you the perimeter defense either. Whereas Covington does, and he does it at a much cheaper price. Now, granted um, you're not getting any sort of pick compensation back. It'd be more of a one for one kind of deal and, um, obviously there would have to be a third team involved because why would, you know, uh, why would Minnesota want to add Turner when they already have Towns? 
Um, but like, and no, I'm not, I'm not looking at love. But I do agree with you that I don't think they're going to make a deal this season. I, however, I will say this: I don't think Turner is on this team at the start of next season. I think Sabonis is going to be their guy. I think another big thing is uh, Sabonis and um, Oladipo are really tight. Um, so I mean, I think that kind of has always been something that stuck in the back of my mind as, as far as something that might um, help, you know, in that regard. Um, but, I mean, I just think his play has been better um, this season. Uh, and the few Indiana fans that I know fucking love Simonis. So, like, that's their guy. They're totally, like, cool with trading Turner. They would not even entertain the notion of tr- trading Simonis. So, I don't think it'll happen this year. I think it'll happen in the off season though. I don't think Turner's on the team at the start of next season, but I don't think love is the answer. Um I just I think defensively that is just a nightmare. Um so yeah, no. I, I I don't I don't think love I don't think love's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I really don't. Um Joel Joel still maintains that he thinks somebody will do it. Right, Joel? I like, do. You don't know who, but... I do yeah. believe there's a chance um, he will not make it past trade deadline. Yeah. Just and have I, a feeling. I, I, no, I, I mean, it's, hey, you're, you're, you're taking the field, so that's, you know, it's not, yeah. um, not anything crazy. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily like it for any particular team. Um, honestly, the Knicks are the team that I like I, it for the most. Hey... <laughs> I mean, they I'm just saying, I, I'm open to it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But yeah, like, it's, no it's a lot picks. of money though. It's basically you, you get know. Julius Randle and another expiring contract, and uh, for for Cleveland, and and you know right. the the Knicks get Kevin Love. Um, like that's the deal yeah. that I would offer. <laughs> I wouldn't offer anything more. I would not offer like a Dallas pick or anything like that. Um, no, no. I'd just be like, they're not. That's the thing. You Cleveland think, wants picks and. and Teams want picks. <laughs> and that's what's not going to happen. But, like, yeah. if you're not getting any offers from anywhere else, and that, let's say you get offered, yeah. um, you know, Wayne Ellington and Julius Randle, um, I don't know. I would right. probably take that deal if I was Cleveland. <laughs> like, I mean, I get a, I get a shooter who, you know, it, it could be an expiring contract, but you could also pick up his $8 million team option next season. Um, and he could be a dude for you, um, and and an asset as, as an eight million dollar expiring contract of a the guy who can shoot. Um, and then you know you just try to figure out and say, uh, you know we'll see what we can figure out with Randall. Um, obviously he doesn't fit with the team that they have now, but they have right. so many expiring contracts with Tristan Thompson and other guys that I don't know maybe they could make something work. Uh, with him, uh, obviously Tristan Thompson has thrived in their system, uh, and and Randall is a better offensive player than Tristan Thompson. So, you know, I would think if you basically plug him into that role and maybe trade Tristan Thompson for something, um, I don't know, maybe maybe that maybe that could work. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I don't think I I honestly I'm not sure Love gets moved for a while, but. Things can change. Things can certainly change. We all know that to be true. Um, but it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be really tough to move him this year. Um, but all right, let's move on. Uh, just really quickly, I want to get some predictions. 
Uh, Milwaukee is playing L.A. tomorrow night. Uh, who are you taking, Milwaukee or the Lakers? Who's going to have the best record in the NBA uh, after tomorrow night, uh, Joel? I'm going to go with the Lakers. I do think they're one player healthier <laughs> than the Bucks are at the moment. <laughs> uh, that gives them a slight advantage uh, at the moment. Not to say that they'll have the best record at the end of the at the end of the season, but I think they may they may take tomorrow's uh, outing between LeBron and AD versus uh, Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with. I mean, as far as the from a top players perspective, um, you know, you can rank Giannis, LeBron, and AD. You can make an argument for any one of those three being the best player in this particular game. Um, You can't make that argument for what Chris Middleton (laughs) um, is the Bucks' second best player. Like he's not even in the conversation, not even close. Um, So yeah, no, I mean, not compared now. Right, I you know I I feel you, Uh, Luke. Who you got? Who you take? All I know is AD better play because I'd want a Giannis versus Anthony Davis matchup. So him sitting, mm. he better be playing this next game. Um, regardless of my hate for the Lakers, I'm going to go with the Bucks just because I think Giannis is just the type of player that sees this like matchup and this opportunity. He's like, I'm just going to completely go out there, dominate everyone, let everyone know that I'm the best player on this court. I mean, he did it in the Clippers game. Yes, it was on his birthday, but he just dominated that game. I still think just the mindset that he has coming off a loss, he kind of feels like, you know, he's the type of player that's taking that one to heart and coming out there and really just going to bring it the whole game. And I just think it's going to be tough for the Lakers to slow down. Yes, I'd rather have LeBron and AD because it's better than having Chris Middleton and whoever else, but I just think that Giannis – sees these opportunities and just sees blood. He just sees red, and he's just going to go the whole time, just 100. And I just he's going to have a stupid game, and he's going to dunk on some poor Laker, probably Caruso, because Caruso doesn't back down, and he's just going to steal his soul like he did in the Clippers game. <laughs> the wild card right there, um, Caruso. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really torn because I think this is going to be like a really interesting – measure on the defensive end like who is going to be the team that can shut down one of these guys and i and the other thing too is obviously chris middleton is not like um he's not on the same level um i would imagine they probably try to put danny green uh on middleton to to be like a just an irritant um, and then maybe you see like waves of KCP and Avery Bradley um, on the wing. Obviously Caruso, um, you get a little bit of Rondo um, to to kind of guard those guys. Like uh, that's going to be interesting to see how those lineups match up. But yeah, I mean it comes down to I want to see Anthony Davis guarding Giannis and see what kind of I mean. This is a guy who said he wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he is at the top of the list right now. 
um, easily top two. And, and really, I think it's, it, you know, uh, yeah, I, you can make an argument, but I, I mean, I think it's, it's basically three different guys right now um, who are really vying for that role. Um, and, and both Giannis and AD are two of those three. And so let's see what Giannis can do to try and shut down Davis. Let's see what Davis can do to try to shut down Giannis. Um, that's going to be a fascinating matchup. I don't if, – if, the biggest thing here is when Davis is on, you just can't stop him. Um, you can body and stop Giannis. Uh, like, if Anthony Davis wants to go bully ball, he can do it. Um, it's just, like, like will he – like, will he step up and, and, and kind of really take to that role? But I I think he will because I think he's going to want to make a statement. And I think if you do that and you can really, like, guard Giannis better than, you know, your average defender um, can, uh, if you can shut him down and force everybody else to do, to try and win um, – I like the Lakers' odds, and therefore I'm with Joel. I, I think the Lakers are probably going to take this one. I like that matchup for the Lakers. Um, I just it, it like in a nutshell, I, I just really think that um, with AD's ability, you know, and his size and everything, um, and Giannis has been really good at at um, at uh, spacing the floor like the past several weeks. I think over the past month, he's shooting over 40% from three. Um, it, it's something like that. Uh, and so that's, you know, obviously something that they're going, like they're going to give him. And if he can hit those threes, you know, it is what it is. But, like, I just, I know when Anthony Davis takes a 17-footer, he's going to make it like 75% of the time. Like it just, it like I watch him and he just does, he makes those fucking shots. It's rare that he has a game where he's just like really off from that range. Um, and like with Giannis, it's like, is this going to be a good game for him in that kind of range? Or is it going to be a bad game for him in that kind of range? Um, I like the math with Giannis better in the long run. Um, because I think eventually he is going to be a consistent three-point shooter, and when he does figure that out, like it's game over. Um, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that he's there yet. I don't think he he quite is. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Lakers as well. I'm gonna go with Joel. I'm glad you took the Bucks, Luke, because I was just gonna take the Bucks for posterity's sake if you didn't. So the fact that you took them like freed me up to be able to take who I actually thought. So. Um, all right, let's get into some uh, some trade rumors. Um, by the way, uh, I think I, I love. Um, I don't know if y'all listen to it, but uh, uh, Brian, Brian Windhorst, uh, his podcast, The uh-huh. Collective. Um, I listen he, like, to. Uh, yeah, it's a good one, and he he like always kind of says like um, <clears throat> one of the themes throughout his podcast is is aggregators I'm not saying I have any inside information don't fucking put this in a fucking article um, and I just thought it was funny mm-hmm. that after Woj and um, Lowe did their little show that like they didn't say that and literally all the aggregators came out of the woodwork and I was seeing 
um, I was seeing all these various posts like uh, Milwaukee Bucks interested in J.J. Redick and trading for J.J. Redick and Robert Covington uh, or uh, the uh, Los Angeles Clippers interested in trading for Marcus Morris. And it's like, dude, they were literally just being fans and, and like making up trades like in that show. Like, did you actually watch the show? They did not. They weren't reporting anything. So we're not really going to cover that stuff. Um, but we are going to cover some of the things that have been a little more broadly reported, starting with the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, according to Mark Stein, are reportedly willing to listen to offers on Drew Holiday. Um, interestingly enough, according again, according to uh, Spears, they are not interested in hearing offers on J.J. Redick, which I think is weird. Um, like, if you're willing to trade Holiday, like, why wouldn't you be willing to trade Redick? I don't I don't get it, but um, I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, what's your initial thoughts when you hear this, Luke? Um, you know, my initial thoughts are I would love to see Holiday get moved. I mean, I do think that Griffin has a plan, and he sees. You know, it's kind of like you know, uh, he put the team together, and it just ran into an injury where it was their best player and Zion getting hurt, and he's not been out there. Um, you know, he kind of still wants to see him and Holiday play together, I feel like. So I wouldn't be in any necessary rush to be trying to trade unless a big godfather offer came. Uh, Holiday is definitely probably a player that a lot of teams want. I mean, he's definitely in that age range where he wants to win now. I mean, he's 31, so he doesn't have that much time left. So how much of the time picture does he fit of the Pelicans? I just feel like right now I'm not going to put that much behind it because I do feel like Griffin kind of wants to see this team that he, like his favors has been hurt. So, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know how he's going to fit in here and all that. So, so they have till February 6th. And I think they might if Zion plays in January, just try to see a couple games. I don't think he'll be traded. Um, I'd love to see him get traded though. I do think that a lot of teams, like I said, would be in a market. He could fetch you something really well, get you someone more, and that lines where building around Zion, do you want to just completely go into rebuild? What do the Pelicans have to lose this year? I mean, yeah, you got a crazy TV deal. They might want to put on a decent product for a couple of these, uh, you know, primetime games that they have. So that's why they might keep them for a little bit. But it's definitely interesting. I would definitely, you know, he's going to get me the most. So I would put his name out there maybe first and not have the J.J. and Derek Favors who I just saw, like – you know, got this off season and that's not what they want to hear. Probably JJ would love to get traded because he doesn't want to break his streak in the playoffs, but um, holiday definitely is going to get you the most. So maybe kind of leak that, that, you know, towards, you know, right at the deadline and all that, if it's just all downhill, we're going to completely sit Zion and we're changing our whole trajectory, then go ahead and trade holiday. But I wouldn't necessarily, you know, be in any force to trade him unless it's just some, I like trade offer and Griffin knows these trade offers. So unless he just gets one where he just like, I just couldn't say no, then I just don't see them doing anything right now. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you say that, like maybe, maybe that is the strategy is to say, we'll start with our best player and see what kind of offers come in. Cause we don't want to be fielding offers on multiple players. We like, so we're going to say no one Reddick. Um, so we're not fielding offers for basically players at the same position. 
kind of force people's hand. Like maybe you want Reddick, but maybe you also, if you're a team like, let's just throw out a, a team that's been tied to this potential trade situation. I don't necessarily agree with it, but let's just do it for the sake of posterity. Um, maybe like the Miami Heat, they'd be interested in trading for Reddick um, because they wouldn't have to give up as much. But maybe they'd be also interested in trading for um, uh, for Drew. Um, if they know they can't get rid, you know, so maybe it's a, maybe it's a ploy, maybe it, you know, maybe it's a strategy. Um, so that could be it. What it says to me too, is that I think there's probably been at least a conversation between Drew and um, Griffin because famously last season, Drew uh, did come out and say that, um, as it pertained to uh, Anthony Davis, like requesting a trade and all of that stuff coming out, you know, he did say it did frustrate him because one of the biggest reasons that he resigned there was because Anthony Davis was there. Um, and that, you know, had a large reason as to why he resigned. And let's not forget, he did not like force their hand and, and make them give him a max offer, which he probably could have done. Um, he signed for much less than that, in fact. Um, so, I, you know, I think that there's probably been some amount of dialogue between Drew and David Griffin and Drew saying, look, I, I don't really want to fucking go through this. Like, I've got maybe two years left of my prime. Like, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even like how I'm functioning with this offense right now. And we don't even have Zion on the floor. Like Brandon Ingram's getting all the fucking shots. Like I'm not, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm being utilized in the way that I think I should be. Um, I don't think Drew Holiday is the kind of dude who's going to come out and like have his agent leak to the press that he's demanded a trade. But I wouldn't be surprised if he has said, you know, something along the lines to Dave Griffin, like, "Look, I, I just kind of like to be somewhere else at this point." Um, that's what it says to me, um, that some kind of conversation like that has maybe been had. Um, but, Joel, what were your initial thoughts or just are your thoughts in general um, about uh, uh, the rumor that the Pelicans could be shot for truth? Or at least I mean, willing to listen to offers, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, doesn't make sense that they wouldn't be listening to J.J. Reddick, but – Whatever, it's another conversation. Right. Uh, <clears throat> considering they've, uh, to me, they've underperformed, uh, and a lot of it has to do with Zion being hurt. But I mean, they should still be playing better than this. This is this. Yeah, dude, I mean, he's one. They have guy. the he's same record dude. as the Hawks right now. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking terrible. They, they, the Hawks are fucking garbage. Right. Like, you should not right. be that I, bad. No, uh, that's and my problem. Hawks, I, like I really, the Hawks the have Pelicans. a million more excuses than just. Zion being hurt, like you don't have, you don't have like those level of excuses. Right. I mean, that's my thing. Um, I had them like possibly make an eighth seed, and so they went out and right. know, sucked ass, and they just can't seem to <laughs> get wins. <laughs> I mean, I know Zion's hurt, but you have enough talent on that roster where, and I know Favors has been hurt too, but 
come on. I mean, there's no way you can't tell me you you could you can't do better than what they've been doing. So, Julie's yeah. one of their best players. Easily has probably a lot a lot. I mean, they can get something for him. Uh, I think Drew still has some all star in him, uh, and um, he'd be a valuable asset to a contender or, or or a team trying to make you know become a contender. Uh, and, you know, finally leave New Orleans. You know, AD left. Now it's, it is just time. You know, when Drew, I know they said it's his team, but once they drafted Zion, we knew that wasn't the case, you know. It, it was limited time anyway. You know, when they brought in Lonzo Ball and, and Brandon, that's their team, you know. Right, huh? and like I said, it hasn't been his team this season. It's been Brandon Ingram's team. So, like, I feel like <laughs> right. on some level that has to be something that he looks at and is like, Obviously, you guys are embracing this as Brandon Ingram's team, despite whatever He's whatever good. you say. You know, <laughs> the proof is in the pudding, uh, and we're not right. winning. Like I, I don't think Drew Holiday would have a problem with it being Brandon Ingram's team if they were winning, but they're not. Right. No, hundred percent, and and that's really been an issue, and that, I, that's why I'm not I'm not shocked at all about it. Um, so. Good, good, good on them. You know, we'll look for assets to help uh, build this team. Uh, they got to start building for for uh, a probably younger, uh, in a different more a different direction quicker than they expected. Because, like I said, I, it looked like they went from like crap to like possible playoff teams back to crap, and it's like all because of one injury. And this, this seems like there's more to it than that. So, for me, uh, yeah, find the find a trade uh, a suitor, which I think it won't sh- which shouldn't be hard. Just like every team in the league would be with, would would be lucky to have Drew Holiday. Uh, so right. they'll find somebody, and he'll probably be out by trade deadline. It looks like. <clears throat> I would hope so. I'm with Luke. Like I I would like to see him move. I'd like to see Reddick move too. Um, the, yeah, the weird thing with the Pelicans, and we've talked about this, Joel. The weird thing with them is they already have so much like roster depth, especially like with young mm-hmm. players. Um, like we've talked about it, like Josh Hart's not getting very much minutes. Etwan Moore is a very solid player who's he not should. getting shit for minutes. Um, right. Yep. I mean, these are guys who should be getting minutes. Nikhil Alexander Walker, obviously, he is. Yeah, he too. is getting minutes. Um, but, like, you want to get him as much minutes as possible. <laughs> Frank Jackson, right. uh, Kenrich Williams. Like, there's just – there's so many, like – this this roster is full of, like, good players, but none of them are able to get the necessary amount of minutes. So, like, in mm-hmm. looking for a Drew Holiday trade, I wouldn't even necessarily be looking to get back players. I would be looking to maximize as many draft picks as I possibly could. Like, give me all the future assets. So I could compile that with the Lakers assets that I got in my own future draft picks and um, get, be able to play these younger guys more minutes. Um, like that is where my priority would be. Um, it's just really hard to find teams. Like there's like essentially two teams that have like an abundance of draft picks right now. And the Pelicans are one of them. The other one is OKC who is out absolutely not in the market for a Drew Holiday. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, unless unless the Pels want to take back Chris Ball, which I don't think that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, <laughs> you know, no, I, no, but no, I do no. think that's, I do think that's what they should be prioritizing, not necessarily the players. 
But I think you should be able to get – I think you should be able to get, like, essentially the full package of assets. Like, you should be able – like, you should be targeting expiring contracts, um, mm-hmm. a first-round pick, or and a young player, a or player. or yeah. two first-round picks. Like, right. something in that vein. Like, he's worth two first-round picks, or a first-round pick and a quality young prospect. Um, I wouldn't want two quality young prospects and no first round pick. Like I, I'd, I'd want at least mm-hmm. one of those to be a pick. Preferably at least one pick to be yeah. a pick. Yeah, at least one pick. Yeah, I definitely want Yeah, you. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you would have to get at least one. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, I mean, I think he is a very, very valuable asset. Um, Luke, if you could, if you could construct a deal, you don't have to like construct the full parameters of the deal, but if you could construct a deal to send him to any given team, what team would you be eyeing right now that you would like to see him on? Okay, um, I got that real quick. One thing that I want to say that it kind of, you brought it up is, what if also if they're throwing a holiday first is, they're also looking at Lonzo Ball's camp and be like, hey man, if we trade holiday, this is the full Lonzo show. We need to see everything out of you. We need to see completely like you fit the timeline of Ingram and Zion completely where we have to see if we even want to move forward with you like after this year like this could be the full swing of like because Zion needs to start running the system I mean I mean not Zion Lonzo needs to start running things so I think that could also be one where you know Lonzo's getting healthy he's kind of not you know acclimating himself completely back in and running through and it's what is Lonzo Happers because he really does fit that timeline longer. So I think that's one other situation where they could be like, you know, going young. Like you said, they got Nikel Alexander Walker. They've got plenty of people that are waiting to get minutes. But I think the big one is what do we have out of Lonzo that we just made this big trade for? So um, if I could trade him anywhere, I know both of us were already saying Milwaukee would be the best spot for him, I feel like, um, if you could do – a trade around Bledsoe. I don't think New Orleans wants that. So um, no. where, I kind of, where I kind of have him at is I don't see him fitting the cat timeline because cat's still kind of young. Is um, Orlando's been searching desperately for a while for a guard. Yeah. And maybe he fits that Orlando timeline where you can maybe go with a, a Gordon that can maybe fit, or I don't even know who to, but, I don't know who to start structuring around, but I feel like Orlando is actually be a good team with him and Vucevic. And, you know, they've got some, you know, a decent thing and they've got the contract, the the trade, and they've got the first round pick. So they've got their picks. So I think Orlando could be that team where holiday would make sense. Philly would love to have them back, but I just, they just, their contracts are just so here, there, and everywhere. There's not a deal there. And I just, yeah, I just don't see it. And it's just like, you know, he's 31, so it's like, how much are you giving up on him? So actually, I think Orlando would be the 29. Okay, well, by the end of his contract, he's 31, so it's like he's been put. So he's kind of in that that window where, you know. So, um, yeah, I think Orlando, actually. I don't know how I, because the whole time when we were in the beginning, you know, Milwaukee, but I just don't think. Milwaukee would be able to no. get it done. Where Orlando, I think, no, could but get it done. Milwaukee would be a great fit for JJ Redick. <laughs> like they could get that deal done. And uh, yeah, boy. Like, if they were only fucking taking offers, like could you imagine Bledsoe, <laughs> JJ, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez? Like 
that kind of that kind of like fucking gravity uh, from JJ and Middleton and Lopez like bombing threes, and then you got Giannis and Bledsoe to fucking attack. Like plus like Man, JJ all four. All four of those guys, <laughs> all four of those guys are like really good defenders that they'd be putting around JJ. I mean, I, I, maybe, I, maybe you could say Lopez isn't like a great defender, but I mean he's a solid rim protector. Um, he's not a great like rebounder or anything, but like Giannis cleans up enough for him in that regard. Um, but yeah, dude, like come on, like that is where JJ needs to go. Um, I would hate it, but it would be fucking great, it, like for Milwaukee and for the league, because I think that's the kind of player that would make them a contender. Um, but no, I I like I like the Magic. Um, the team that makes the most sense to me, um, and I don't, again, I don't know how they get it done until the off season, really, if at all. Um, but God, he'd be fucking great on the Mavericks. And I fucking hate to say it because you guys know how much I hate the fucking Mavericks. Um, but <laughs> he'd be fucking great on that team. Like him uh, being able to play like that off-ball role with Luka, um, like controlling the ball, uh, be that like it, it, having like a, 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 a kind of the first big three of this new era um, with Luka, Holiday, and Porzingis. They only have one draft pick to trade. If they wait to the offseason, they can make that two well, first-round picks. But they do also have the Golden State Warriors second-round pick in this upcoming draft, which is obviously going to be pretty high, if not 31, like 32, 33. It'll probably be 31. I don't think this team's going to – I think this team's going to be dead last. Um, they've uh, played one of the easiest schedules uh, I it's uh, I think uh, about a week ago I looked up strength of schedule and the Warriors literally had the easiest strength of schedule out of any team in the fucking league a week ago and I was just like what like this team has the worst record through what 25 games and they've also according to uh, opponents winning percentage had the easiest strength of schedule how's that even fucking possible it fucking blew my mind. Like, I, I couldn't even comprehend it. Um, but, uh, but no, so, I mean, they have that second-round pick. So maybe you say, like, a first – you say, like, that, uh, like, unprotected 2025 first, um, the second-round pick from the Warriors, and then basically, like, pick whatever – I mean, whatever the fuck you want. Like, obviously not Luka, not Kristaps, but anything else you want. You want DeLon Wright. Uh, you want Courtney Lee's expiring. Um, you want uh, Maxi Kleber. Maxi Kleber could be like a really solid, uh, like four spacing big next to Zion. Um, like he could actually be like a really good fit for them. Uh, so I think there's maybe a way to get this done. Um, but no, that's that's where I, not necessarily where I want to see Drew go. That's where I. Th- think makes just a fucking ton of sense like yeah he would, he would just be great in that fucking system um and with carlisle um coaching as good of a coach as he is like they'd figure it out and like i said just the fact that drew is so comfortable and really good playing off ball 
Um, he's not going to necessarily take touches away from Luca, and like maybe that's kind of your key to success. Um, you can utilize uh, him, you know, in in either one of these um, split lineups that we had talked about earlier, Luke. Whether it be the Luca led lineup or the Jalen Brunson Porzingis lineup, like Holiday's going to fit wherever you put him, and that's the beauty of him. That's like what Joel said. Any team. In in the league, would love to have Drew Holiday. Like he's just he's like Clay Thompson. He just fucking fits everywhere. Um, so, and ironically enough, the team that he one of the teams that he kind of fits the least is the Pelicans because they don't have the shooting, and he's not a great shooter. Um, but you know, if you've got Kristaps and and Luca and Seth Curry. Um, you know, that's and maybe Tim Hardaway. I, I would assume. I don't think he would be involved with. I don't think the Pelicans would want to take him on. Um, but like, yeah, I, I I think that could be. I think it'd be really interesting. Again, I don't I don't know if the Mavericks could put together the pieces, and maybe they might even have to give up Jalen Brunson. I know they really like him, so I don't know if they would want to do that. Um, but um, I don't know. I I, I think a like a package around Courtney Lee, DeLon Wright, and Maxi Kleber um, could make a lot of sense uh, for for the Pels. Um, but anyway, that's my thought. Uh, uh, I almost said Jawan. I'm so sorry, Joel. Uh, Joel, uh, do you have uh, do you have anybody um, that you have in mind? Uh, any particular team that you'd like to see Drew Holiday play for? The Knicks. Joel, you there, man? By the lack of silence, that sounds like a Knicks fan. Sorry. So with that, he was going with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% right. It was the Knicks from the beginning. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why it wouldn't be the Knicks. Uh, it would be a hell of a way to, to, to add some star power to a team lacking stars, <laughs> aside from Marcus Morris, of all people. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would it'd be it'd be a nice pickup. I would love bump him on the Knicks. Uh, he's the two way guy. I wonder. Fits, uh huh. I wonder this. It like just just entertain me for a second. If you could trade all of these like expiring contracts and Julius Randle, um, mm-hmm. and let's say you had to give up the two Dallas picks, but in return Ooh. you got Chris Paul and you got Drew Holiday, and you got to keep Marcus mm. Morris, because I think the money adds up to where you could keep Marcus Morris. So your starting five would be um, CP3, Drew Holiday, R.J. Barrett, Marcus Morris, Mitchell Robinson with like Kevin Knox, Maybe you throw in DSJ, but I, I think you keep Frank, um, and then you at least keep one of Dotson and Trier, probably both of them. I don't think that either one has a lot of value on the open market. Um, and right. uh, like what, what, what would you think about that? Would you be down with that? I'd be an interesting starting five. That's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> I think I can, I can roll with that, yeah. That would that would be something to look at. Uh, starting five, I can I can see it do damage. Um, 
that's a lot. I mean, to give up everything, but basically all our assets for that. I don't know. I don't know. It's not take. Well, what would be all your, team. I don't think it, that's the thing. It wouldn't be all your assets. I mean, you still have all your own first round picks. You're just giving up both the Dallas picks that you that's got. That's true. And right. I mean, maybe uh, maybe DSA. I don't even know. I don't even know that like either one of the teams you'd be trading with would want him though. I mean, I don't. Right. You you know I, I he didn't really have any value right now is what I'm saying. So yeah, um, I get with it. Yeah, the only team I've heard that was interested in DSJ was Minnesota recently. Uh, that that was what they were talking. Ah. Um. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I heard that this morning. I forgot who said it. Um. But yeah, his, it, his it name was floating around. Minnesota seems interested. Yeah, there seems to be a team that's interested. Um. I don't know. This team obviously runs better with the, more of a pure point guard, uh, as uh, as I've noticed uh, since we fired Fisdale, uh, we've been a 500 team, <laughs> um, and it, it just <laughs> seems like it, it's flowed better with Alfred Payton um, playing point guard for most of those minutes, uh, and right. as, a pass, as a pass first point guard. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean. I don't know if this is going to continue, but just based on what I've seen, like this team could be a lot better than terrible when they have a, an obviously competent point guard running the offense uh, and and an and offensive plan that makes that's not you know insane where you keep trying to do the same thing and nothing's working. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm open to a lot of different things. Uh, obviously, my team's been somewhat shaky this this season, and I expected more from them. So. Any uh, at this point, I can't sit around and wait for a free agent. I just not, I'm not doing that shit anymore. So at some point, we're gonna have to trade for somebody. Uh, the question is, do 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 I want it to be someone like Drew Holiday? You know, something like that. I mean, we have to make a move eventually. Will, will it be this season? Maybe it will be next season. I mean, we have to. We do have to pounce at some point uh, on one of these names. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, like I said, it's to me, whoever you're trading for, it's. I'm not prioritizing anything other than how do they complement my young guys. And I think right. yeah. Drew Holiday is just such a complimentary player. Like like I said, you would want to do it in conjunction with something else. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, uh, I by the way, I just plugged it in to uh, NBA Trade Machine. So you're trading Randall, Peyton, Portis, Gibson and Ellington, you're getting back Paul and Holiday. So you're keeping Morris. It's only plus three wins, but Hollinger analysis, like, uh, watch, I'll fucking throw in Nerland's Noel and it'll fucking skyrocket your wins just because you have a center. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's worth consideration. Um, I think the Knicks should be looking at all these kinds of opportunities. Because there's, a, yeah, like, even I with Kevin Love, you have uh, I, Noel only added one win, by the way. Um, but uh, but you, I mean, <laughs> you have all of these opportunities. Uh, I think all of them are worth exploring. Um, it, it just you know, it, it's like why not? Like it, it, if you're the Knicks, like I would not concern myself with uh, 2021 cap space. I'd fucking gladly trade for Chris no. Paul if all I had to give up was expiring contracts. Like, why not? Right. <laughs> He's yeah, way really. better than anybody else on your team. 
and he will totally help develop your young guys. Um, it's it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a lose situation at that point. Um, now what I wouldn't do is give up like actual assets for him, um, right. knowing his right, right. his trade market. And, like, that's what New York has done in the past that has killed them. It's not trading for guys mm-hmm. that are over the hill. It's giving up valuable things for guys that are over the hill. But if you don't have to give up the valuable things, why not? Yeah. Why not fucking do it? Why give up a first-round pick guys? on Bargnani? Like, why would you do that? Like, who exactly. does that? Right. Right. Um, but if you don't, if you don't have to give that up for a guy like Chris Paul, I don't know. Why not? Um, but yeah, Drew Holiday in that boat as well. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily love to see him go to the Knicks, but I tell you what, like if if he ended up going, I put it this way, I would I would prioritize more, um, you know, like like we talked about either last week or the week before, like see if you can get Danilo Gallinari in that Chris Paul deal and say we'll take Chris mm-hmm. Paul off your books for a bunch of expiring contracts. And you got to take Randall, but we also want Gallinari. Like, but we're saving you so right. much fucking money. Um, that's yeah, that's the money. deal that I signed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd be saving like eight million dollars this season, and then fuck, I don't even know how much money next season. Um, like twenty million dollars, um, and even more the following season, like forty-four million dollars. So yeah, right. you're saving them a lot of money. Um, but yeah, interesting. All right, uh, let's move on. I want to talk about this just briefly. The Golden State Warriors, um, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, are not expected to trade D'Angelo Russell this season. Uh, this is actually one of the things in that um, uh, uh, Zach Lowe uh, Woj special that they did um, that I thought was actually newsworthy because uh, it was actually Woj saying, like, look, I've talked to people. I don't think he's going to get traded this season. Like, it doesn't it doesn't seem like the Warriors have an, have an interest in trading him this season. Makes sense to me because I don't know why you would – I don't think they should fucking bring Curry back this season. I, I mean, I know – I know he's going to be healthy before the season ends, but like, and maybe you bring him back and you play him some, just to keep him fresh or whatever. But like, I don't know. I think Russell's going to be able to compile some amount of stats on this team this year. He's going to be able to look really good in spurts, and like, he's more valuable to you in the off season when you know what your pick is. And you can combine him with that pick and maybe try to swing for the fences. Um, that might be it just might be a better move for you than than moving him for whatever you're gonna get this season. There's just so few teams that seem like they would actually be interested. Minnesota, but you know, Minnesota was interested in signing him, but like I don't know how much Minnesota would be interested in giving up for him. Um and I think if you're Minnesota, you're looking at I, – I, at least if I'm Minnesota, I'm looking at the situation like, well, A, he didn't want to come here. He's even said he didn't want to come here. He's like, nah, I don't want to go there. It's fucking cold in Minnesota. <laughs> like, 
He fucking said that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I doesn't that doesn't exactly inspire the most confidence as far as trading for somebody uh, who who act like just basically said, yeah, I didn't want to go there. Fucking cold, and I didn't like the idea. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I wouldn't expect him to get traded either. Um, but I think it's smart. Just hold on to him. Let him put up some stats this season and see what you can, you know, put together in the off season. Um, this is obviously a punt year for the Warriors anyway. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what are your thoughts, Luke? No, I'm completely agreeing with you. I mean, this is why you look at good organizations and you see them make the right move. They have no reason to go ahead and rush to make this trade. I mean, yeah, you can get some pieces, but like you said, this year they kind of just lucked out with everyone getting an injury, and this can just be a throwaway year where, you know, you regroup everyone, gets their legs back, you know. They've been playing so many playoff series and years in a row and all that, so they finally get some rest and all that. And you get way more from them, like you're saying, at the draft. If you want to trade them, trade them by draft. You know what your pick is. You know the other picks that you could get for them if you want to keep your pick and all that. I think you could get more, too, like you said. You get teams like the Dallas Mavericks that can throw in another pick if, you know, if they're interested. It's You just get way more if you wait in the offseason. I don't think, uh, like, um, from what I've heard, too, not a lot of teams right now are kind of interested in being sellers. So I, I just don't see Golden State being the one. Being a seller, yes, he would be probably the top name on the trade market. But I just think right now you're just not getting enough for him. And there's just no reason to trade him. You you have to sell tickets too. I still I I think that the uh, people running Golden State are just like, well, we can't just screw over these. All the ticket holders that just bought season tickets to this brand new stadium, and we're just giving them garbage. Yes, they're giving them garbage right now, but at least D. Russ and you know you'll have two names out there, D. Russ and Green, that you're going to see and all that. Yeah, it's not going to be a good product, but you're getting two names out of the you know the whole package that you were sold on. So you kind of PR-wise, I don't think they want to do that, too. It just can be a complete fire sale the first year that they move into the stadium. So I just think it's just logical for them <laughs> to hold on. They're going to get the most for him in the offseason, and they will – I don't see him playing for the team next year. No. No, I think he's moved in the offseason. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there will be suitors. Um, I think it will be interesting, though, because – I think a lot of it, like you said, depends on, and I think a lot of these teams that are making these kind of calculations are like, this is a very point guard heavy draft. I mean, you got LaMelo Ball, you've got um, the kid uh, at UNC, uh, uh, Greg Anthony's kid. Um, Cole what's Anthony. his name, Luke? Cole Anthony. Thank you, Cole Cole. Anthony. Cole Anthony. Um, you, you've got, uh, what, the, the kid in uh, Arizona. Um, uh I can't remember his name either. Hampton. What's his name? No, I was saying RJ Hampton is out in Australia. You have him. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah. You're talking about the white kid. kind of a combo um, guard. Um, There's a ton. Nico Mannion. uh, There's just uh, Tyrese Maxey. You got him, too. Um, uh, I know you know all about him, Luke. Um, So, like, there's just – there's a lot of fucking, like, really, like, high – high upside guards in this draft. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it it would be incumbent upon teams to kind of wait and see where their, their stock is and not make any kind of huge offer 
Um, and if you don't get a huge offer, then what are you doing? Like, but like, let's say, you know, let's say Minnesota is in a position where they're not going to be able to draft one of those top guards that may drive up their, um, you know, drive up their, uh, their, their willingness to give up, uh, the necessary assets to be able to make a deal. So, um, Oh, or, you know, for that matter, any other team. You know, you, you could pick Orlando if Fultz doesn't work out. Um, you know, there's there's a, a finite amount of teams that are, you know, that really need point guards. But nevertheless, uh, I think it's it's still probably best for them at this point to wait and see. Um, Joel, are, are you kind of on the same page with us there? Yep, 100%. Yeah, I, I would move to the trade deadline. Oh, not trade deadline until off season around the draft because, uh, like Luke was saying, like um, you got to sell the team to the to, to the fans something. You got to give them something. <laughs> At least the Angel left is fun to watch. Yeah, you know how much those uh, tickets cost. <laughs> yeah, man, and they were you know this you're talking about these guys are champions the last couple of years. These guys were like like the best team in the league. Like every year for the last five years, it's fucking ridiculous, uh, and now they're the worst. <laughs> so you gotta give them something to watch uh, with no stuff and no and no clay. So yeah, I, I get it. Um, they'll probably have more value uh, in the off season anyway. This is crazy. It's it's really like the '99 Bulls all over again. Only it, it's the '99 Bulls if like. Jordan and Pippen were going to come back in 2000, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like they're mm-hmm. going to get their guys back and they're going to be able to reload. And God, I, I'm very interested to see what golden States like next year. And I think they'll have, I think they'll have regained, maybe, I maybe have regained some kind of fan, um, respect, support, call it what you will, but not having KD anymore. I mean, that, that just made it like we all loved Golden State when they started this run, and then they got KD, and we were just kind of like, "Oh fuck you guys, man! You're just, you're just fucking rolling out four fucking All Star Hall of Famers, like fuck you." Um, and uh, now that they don't have him anymore, um, you know, maybe maybe it it and especially given their downtroddenness uh, of this season, maybe like a little bit of uh, fan support ends up kind of swelling back in their favor. Um, I was I was ready to give it to them this year. I was very interested to see what they did this year. I never had a lot of faith given that Clay was out, and I just I had a hunch that Steph would get hurt. I didn't think it'd be like this level of hurt, like broken hand hurt. Um, yeah. But I, I felt yeah. like something would happen, um, just given his recent history and his and his honestly his his whole basketball history. Um, but nevertheless, I think, I think people will be interested to see, like, can they get one more, you know, can they, can they prove that they can get one more without KD? I think, I think that'll be a, a, a a thing, um, and getting like a really high draft pick and being able to, um, you know, even if they can't, you know, make the necessary trade to like get like an all-star, which I've don't want them to do I just want them to get like nice players around their core um so that's kind of what I'm hoping for we'll see 
If they get another All Star, I'm gonna be immediately against them again, though. Um, like I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it like worst case scenario for all of us is Giannis doesn't sign his extension, and they're basically like, we, well, we'll give you D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, the number one overall pick, uh, and Draymond Green for Giannis, <laughs> like, and it's just like. Fuck you! <laughs> no, this is not fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, yeah, no, fingers no, crossed no. that that kind of bullshit doesn't happen. But uh, anyway, all right, let's move on. Uh, neither uh, the OKC Thunder nor Chris Paul's camp expects a trade to happen involving CP3 this season, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, makes sense to me. I like. I I said as soon as like the Heat got off the start that they did, like the Heat were the one team that I could see making a move for Chris Ball, and, you know, like, they essentially have been playing so well, it doesn't make any sense to trade for them. They obviously want to prioritize 2021 free agency um, because they're, you know, Miami is a, um, they have made themselves a, a destination market. They've made themselves one of the premier markets in the NBA outside of your New York, L.A. hub. Um, they've overtaken Chicago as like that that third city, um, not necessarily third team, but third city. Um, and, you know, I, I don't blame them. Like I think that's probably smart to prioritize that that offseason with so many good players um you know up for for contracts at that point um and obviously trading for Chris Paul at this point completely in, inhibits your ability to um to to make the necessary moves to get somebody um that offseason so it makes sense to me that without them in the mix probably not going to be moved i alluded to it earlier and i'm you know said it for a couple pods now I, again i think the knicks would be smart to get involved but i don't expect them to so yeah i i mean i don't i don't think paul's going anywhere luke what are your thoughts do you think paul gets moved um at any point this season um and uh if not do you i mean do you think he gets moved at all like throughout this contract do you think uh do you think the only way he switches teams is via a buyout um, I just want to start off with saying, man, the the amount of disrespect poor Chris Paul is getting. He's actually having a really good season, but I do agree with you saying great. that is that he's just in this contract where it's impossible for all sides. It's impossible for him to you know give up money or like even like anything to like. It's just it's a, it's enormous at the end. No team really can trade for it. Like you said, maybe Miami was the team. I, just, I still don't think there was ever a team that was going to take on Chris Paul. But OKC right now, I mean, they're not a bad team. I mean, yeah, you kind of no, are good. in this rebuilding stage, but you kind of, you know, you can make the playoffs. If if I'm making any trade, I'm, I'm doing a Gallinari trade, but I'm not trying to go down. I'm trying to make a parallel trade. If I'm going to give up Gallinari, I want someone that can kind of still fill the void of losing him, but that'd be the only person I'm kind of trading. But Chris Paul's been pretty good, and from what I've heard and read, 
is he's really taken on the role of helping out Shea a lot. Like he came in and, and um, from day one was just helping him out mentoring him wise. And it hasn't affected Shea. I mean, you can see Shea's actually been playing really well. And maybe Chris Paul mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing to have around. Okay. Um, you know, in, in the Thunder's organization, it's just kind of sad the amount of like where the respect level for Chris Paul is, you know, everyone just kind of thinks, you know, that he's just this bad player that has a crazy contract Wait, well, hold and he's on. just not hold a good line. Who the fuck saying that? I don't think anybody's saying that. That's ridiculous. Like, the, the, we're just saying he's not going to be traded because nobody wants that contract. That's not saying he's a bad player. I mean, do you think he's going to no, be I'm traded? No, I'm not saying he's a bad No, I don't think he's going to be traded. I'm not saying that you guys right. are say he's a bad player, but it's just his name is kind of – it's gone down. It's like, you know, like Dwight's name for a while. They're like kind of gone down. There's just like I two people. I mean, Melo's kind of name. I, I don't think it's at, it's at that level, but I'm just trying to say it's CP3. It's like, like right now, like not a lot of people are talking about that he's having a good year. And he's actually making this Thunder team interesting and, and decent to watch. It's, it's just all we're talking about right now is, God, this contract sucks. Okay, C is in the worst spot because they can't trade him, and no one wants to trade him. And it's sure. just, you know that that's what I'm trying to say is just that that's what yeah, Paul's name is at right now. It's not this fun where it's just like what he's actually doing for the teams. Like I said, he's actually doing good for Shea and and that progress is helping the load of not completely being on Shea where he has to automatically come into OKC and where Chris Paul can kind of fill that void and whenever you know maybe down the line where he's in his last year and they could finally. I don't know how you buy out that much money. Um, it's just, I just don't see OKC really getting away. I just I think Chris Paul is in OKC. I just think that's where he's going to stay. I just it's just once they traded for him, it's just they're stuck with him. It's like I don't see Russell Westbrook leaving. But, but you Houston. know what's funny? They're just you know. But here's the thing: what the 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 funny thing about it is, is they got the better player. <laughs> Like Chris Paul is better than Russell Westbrook. They got so fucking lucky with that situation. Like Chris Paul is obviously more injury prone than Russell Westbrook, so that's a knock against him. Um, he's older than Russell Westbrook, so that's a knock against him. But when both those guys are like totally healthy, like Chris Paul has proven that he is the better player over the past like two seasons. Russell Westbrook hasn't been great in like two years. Um, so, like, not only did they get the better player out of it, they got one year less in contract, um, uh, you know, in, in, in contract length, uh, and then they got um, two first-round picks out of it. So, like, anyway, cut it. It's still a really good fucking deal. Um, Luke, they this offseason in the Russell Westbrook and Paul George trades, they got seven first-round picks. Um, between they got five from the Clippers and they got two from the Rockets. I mentioned this to um, Joel last week. I don't think it's crazy that maybe if I'm the fucking Thunder, I might entertain the notion of trading like Robertson and two first-round picks to uh, Robertson, who's on an expiring contract. So Robertson and two first-round picks to Minnesota for Covington. Because if you had Covington to that team, 
and all of a sudden you have CP3, SGA, Rocco, Gallinari, and Adams. That could make they can make some fucking they can make some noise in the West, dude. I like I think I think if you can like what's 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 really the the difference between five extra first round picks and seven extra first round picks? Like once you have that many picks, it doesn't really matter. So like why not like utilize a couple of those and go out like and improve your team and like keep being good? Because like that team, like if you were to ask me which team do I think is better, Russell Westbrook, Terrence Ferguson, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, and Steven Adams versus what this team would be, which is CP3, SGA, Robert Covington, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams, I'd pick this year's team in that particular format. I think that's a better team. Um, and you still get five first-round picks out of it. Um, like I mean, I don't know. Call me crazy. I mean, you don't have the two star players. You only have the one in Chris Paul. But, like, all of those guys that you would have around Chris Paul just fit. Like, you have uh, – Chris Paul's a great defender. SGA is a great defender. Covington is a fucking excellent defender. Um, Danilo Gallinari is a guy who could space, space the floor, shoot threes. Uh, Steven Adams is not the player that he used to be um, even just two years ago. And it's crazy because he's really not old. You look at him, you're like, that dude's like 32 years old. He's like 26 or 27, um, but he he moves like he's like 30 or 32. Um, but nevertheless, I don't know. I would entertain that notion if Covington actually hits the market. What do you think about that? No, I like it a lot. I mean, the only thing is, can you even trade Robinson? I mean, he still hasn't played. What Whatever happened to this poor guy, I mean – I just kind of want to see yeah, I mean, him back can, out on the court because like, you can trade him. Him pushing I mean, him back. It would push him back. It's but. just an expiring contract. I mean, that's all it is. Yeah, I understand. I mean, that. maybe just, maybe you throw in Covington's maybe value you throw right in a, now. No, no, no. I mean, the only value is the expiring contract. The the, the value is the yeah. two first round picks. But like, mm-hmm. here's the other thing: you could throw in a Terrence Ferguson or a Hamadou Diallo. Because um, you don't really need both of those guys. You really only need one of them. Um, and they they're bo- they both have two years left on their rookie-scale deals. Um, so, like, that's another way that you can, like, maybe even make that trade offer a little more enticing. Um, I mean, I I definitely think it's possible. Like, if they wanted to go get Robert Covington, like, OKC is the team that has the assets to go get him. I'd like to see it. Because, I mean... If you can't move Chris Paul, then, like, why not just be like, fuck it. We're just going to be fucking good. Like, I know people don't like to be in the middle. They don't like to be, like, you know, first, second round exit teams. But you've been doing it for the last – since KD left. Um, Like, why not just fucking keep it going? Like, the fans would love it. Like, small market, they'd love the the competitive spirit. You give Chris Paul, like, a reason to fucking – like play and everything. I don't know. I just think it'd be cool. I, I would like to see them have continued success and just just keep being fucking relevant. Um, especially, like, like I said, OKC, I think they're the second smallest market, only next to New Orleans, maybe even smaller than New Orleans. 
um, or maybe it's Memphis. They're all the those three right there are like the smallest market. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think it'd be interesting. Um, but uh, Joel, Chris Paul, not likely to be moved this season. Um, does that kind of is, is that basically what you expect? Yeah. Uh, now, at least, I didn't think so. You know, when the season started, um, I figured there'd be something. And Miami's playing way better than I expected <laughs> to start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also one of those contracts that, are like, unless it's a team like the Knicks that bites, uh, you're not going to find many suitors because um, it's such a ridiculous contract for a guy that's going to be super old by the end of it. Um, so right. as good as he is playing, I don't know if anybody's worth that kind of money considering how much it kills you. But considering the Thunder uh, are playing well, uh, even with a, a, a player with that kind of contract, has a chance to be even better with small moves like getting a Covington. Uh, I mean, Thunder just uh, accidentally put themselves in a good position. I don't know how that works. But they did. <laughs> I didn't expect yeah, the like, to be that They're, good, like, but... accidentally as good as they were last year and just got, like, seven first-round picks for doing it. <laughs> like, right. what? It's, it's, what the right. fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, at this point, you're playing with, like, super house money. Why not just fucking go get Covington mm-hmm. and be like, hey, let's, let's fucking roll, dude. Like, let's, let's just be good. Let's just be good for the next three yeah. years. And then, like, essentially, like, I think Covington, uh, like, I would, I, and at that point, I would just, like, re-sign Gallinari in the offseason. Um, I would I would guess Adams would opt in because I'm not offering Adams more than Nurkic money. Um, right. But, like, after, you know, that season, then maybe you re-sign him or maybe you, you know, look at trading him or whatever. Um, but, like, yeah. You know, I mean, I think, I think there's enough. They have so much flexibility, and I think if they want to be good, they can totally be good. I'd like to see it. I'd yep. love to see, like, I'd love to see the fucking Thunder play like the Rockets in the first round of the playoffs, and just Chris Paul oh and like, and like have like traded for <laughs> Covington and like SGA and like Chris Paul are like going off and fucking. Covington's like dra- draining threes and Garden Harden and you know like dude it would just be fucking fun like it'd be so much fun um, and like just you know it'd be great if the Thunder were just like beat them in the first round <laughs> like I think it, it could totally happen <laughs> like I, like I would love That'd to be see a big it. story um, oh god it'd be like it, it it would it would pretty much end Daryl Morey's um, career. <laughs> Like, it'd be like, dude, <laughs> we had we had so much faith in you, and you just fucked it all up. Um, but uh, anyway, hey Nick, I got one quick one for you too. Like, just because I thought yeah. about this, what if you miss out on Covington? Here's another player, not defensively, he's going to bring you. But what if you traded for Bogdan Bogdanovich, and now Ooh. you're kind of considering building around him and Shea in the future? And because, mm. and, you know, you can maybe entice the Kings that, hey, you know, you put too much money you already him, into right? You're not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to pay them. And they might be able to sneak in. And now that could kind of be interesting, filling the Chris Paul, uh, like, final years with these two young guards that you can kind of, you know, keep on playing them more and Shea and 
Bogdanovich. Yeah. So he could be another one. Yeah, too, those, that, those could be your two guys out in the future. Yeah. No, I like it. I think that's great, and I think the, I mean it basically would exist in the same kind of package. I mean, it would be you know Robertson and you know some expirings like again maybe you throw in a Ferguson or a Diallo, but um, yeah, no, that would be fucking awesome. Like uh, it's not it's not as great set up for the win now, but it's better long term. Um, and I think like pairing SGA with fucking Bogdanovich, like is, if that's your backcourt. Like fuck, like that's a really good nice. backcourt, dude. Um, like for the future, so like yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I don't think they're gonna trade him though. I know there's been a lot of speculation about them, the the Kings potentially trading him. The way that the contracts are structured between both Deadman and Joseph, um, combined, they have three point four million dollars guaranteed uh, the following season. Well, like, I'll just paint this picture for you. Like, if they, like, get into a situation where, like, re-signing Bogdanovich is going to push them into the luxury tax, like, they could easily be like, yo, Atlanta, take this, like, Corey Joseph and um, Deadman, who, you you know, used to play well for you and is playing like shit for us. Um, take those two guys at $26 million this year. And, you know, if you waive them, only cost you $3.4 million on your cap next season, um, and we'll give you a first-round pick. Like, I could totally see that. Um, and, I, I mean, and there's a number of teams like that that could be in that same vein. Um, but I, I, I pick specifically Atlanta because um, going into next season, uh, I mean, Atlanta still doesn't have a backup point guard on their roster. They don't have a starting center. Um, so that would be kind of um, the reason I, I, you know, pick them. So I don't think they're going to trade Bogdanovich. I think they will uh, essentially pay the price to keep him in maybe giving up a first-round pick to get off some salary. So they're not over the luxury tax, obviously. Um, but we'll see. Um, it's certainly a possibility. A lot of people have talked about it. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on. I just want to talk about this really quickly. Um, the Knicks have hired David Blatt as a basketball consultant. Uh, Joel, you were pointing out that um, he has a, a relationship with Steve Mills. Um, they went to the same college. They both went to Princeton. Yeah. Um, they both. They, and, yeah. Uh, they went to Princeton together. Played. Played. Uh, yeah. Played college basketball together. Yeah, and um, it's kind of interesting. We'll see what happens with this. Um, any, any, I, I don't know, broad thoughts about this, Joel? Uh, no, I was just a little surprised by it. Um, it makes sense based on the hiring. Who, I mean, who he brought in to help him, you know, help guide him in his basketball decisions. Because it doesn't seem like. Uh, uh, Everything, anything else is really working. Uh, even though I do like uh, Perry a lot, um, it's just that Steve Mills. Uh, he knew his time has been shaky, so he's basically doing everything in order to uh, keep it going. Uh, and it's just one of those things where, like, I'm not against the hiring at all because I think David Blatt is a, is a good, smart man. You know, a good basketball mind, and that's all he's going to be coming in for anyway because he's apparently retired as a coach 
So um, whatever, whatever he wants to do to help make his job easier, fine. Uh, as long as the team continues to progress, and if they don't, he means he's one step out the door anyway. So let's just you know, yeah. put lipstick on a pig at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's. I don't know. I, I think there's there's a lot of intriguing things here, but I my mm-hmm. overarching thing is. It's like you said. It's it's um, obviously he's trying to bring in like a different viewpoint, a different kind of um, mm-hmm. basketball mind, somebody he knows and he trusts. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it doesn't it doesn't move the needle one way or the other as far as my thinking as to whether he'll have a job come the off season. You know, right. I don't. No, I don't, yeah. I and that and that to me is the promising thing. Like it, it's. He didn't. He didn't go out and hire a new coach. He didn't hire him as the coach. He brought him in as a consultant. Um, so right. m- maybe it ends up being something positive. Who knows? We'll we'll just kind of have to keep an eye on it and see how it plays out. All right, Luke. Let's do this. Fixing the Blazers. Go, man. I was gonna let you go first, just because you guys kind of already knew mine, so it's kind of one of those ones. But I'll definitely okay. go first. Um, I mean, however you want to do but, it, mine's mine's pretty quick actually. But I mean, if you I mean if you want to go first, it's cool. Um, no, I'll allow you to go quick. I'll just want to say one quick thing on the black thing. I know you want to make this really quick. I just think it could yeah. be interesting that he's just a consultant that he can give you that perspective that he understood when he was like a coach and that out of pressure of like you know LeBron's first coach, so he kind of understands where whoever in their hiring right now is going to have that out of pressure where. I have to save the Knicks and kind of thing. So you can kid that pressure where he had a deal with something where like, I got to save Cleveland and, you know, LeBron's coming back to me. So maybe he can give that mindset of, you know, this guy might be able to handle it in the hiring process. You know, when you answer these questions, I think he could handle that the whole Knicks pressure of like, this might be, you know, back on you, your shoulders to get us out and bring us to the promised land. So just that one real quick on that whole, he could give that just, just being sure. a consultant, just that, added like you know this is how like when I went through it and Cleveland saw it in me that I could you know be LeBron and help them out so this is my perspective that this guy could maybe do it with the questions we ask yeah no I hear you 100% all right fixing the Blazers um all right I'll start it off mine's pretty simple um I know a lot of people are talking about going after Kevin Love which I think is ridiculously stupid which I know you do as well Luke um my, I mean, mine's really, honestly, it's 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 just a simple one-team trade. It's call up the Minnesota Timberwolves and say, what do we have to do to get Robert Covington? Um, I'm putting together a, a deal in which Portland gets Robert Covington, takes on Gorgie Jang's contract, Minnesota gets back Hassan Whiteside, um, expiring contract, and then you figure out the assets that would have to be, you know, um, given to Minnesota to make the deal work. Ideally, what you would want to do, like those salaries already match up. Um, they're essentially the same. Uh, the, the Jang and, and Covington combined are like 27.5 million. Uh, Whiteside is 27.1 on his own. Um, so, Essentially, you'd be throwing in um, either like a if you're just giving them in in the way of assets 
draft picks. You'd be throwing in like an Anthony Tolliver and then just draft assets. Um, but like you could also throw in any number of your young guys. You could throw in a Zach Collins. You could throw in an Anthony Simons. You could throw in a Nazir Little. Um, any one of those assets could be um, thrown in there uh, with the contracts, uh, you know, to make the trade work. Um, so, you, I mean, you just kind of pick whoever is going to make the deal work. Ideally, what you – to me, what you would want to do is you wouldn't want to give up more than next year's draft pick because part of the part of the reason why taking Gorgie Jang's contract is so valuable is uh, to a team like Portland is because he becomes an expiring contract at about – $17 million next season. So you can use that. And if you only give up next year's first round pick, everything resets. And then you can attach him and other assets, including the following year's first round pick to get more pieces to bring in. But as, as it pertains to this season, I think you'd be kind of set. You would have Lillard McCollum, Robert Covington, um, uh, Carmelo, and then you would just basically plug in Gorgie Jang with Hassan Whiteside's minutes. I know Hassan Whiteside is like physically superior and should be a better player, but he's not. Like I, I don't think plugging in Gorgie Jang is going to like. I, honestly, I think maybe even defensively you get maybe a little better. Um, like his contract is fucking terrible, especially for Minnesota, um, because you can't really play him next to Towns. But like for Portland, I don't think it's that bad. Um, so that I mean that would be my fix if you could get Covington on this team. I know I just want to. It's it's got to be annoying to people who like listen to this show who don't like Robert Covington. I mean I don't. I hope that those people don't exist, but I'm sure some of them do. Um, cause I'm just like, I want to fix every team by sending Robert Covington to them. <laughs> um, cause he's, just, I mean, he's basically like my favorite role player ever. Um, I just love the guy. Um, but seriously, I mean, he would be great. He adds a defensive presence on the wing that you don't currently have. Um, he is somebody that fits the kind of age range with Lillard McCollum, his contract so fucking sweet. He's got three more years left. He makes on average like twelve and a half million a year throughout the course of the contract. Um, you get Nurkic back next season. Uh, you get Zach Collins back next season, assuming you don't include him in the deal, which I don't think you would. I think the guy, I think the guy who Minnesota would want is Simons, and I know that Portland really likes him, and they'd be hesitant to give up on him. Like, dude, you have. You just signed Lillard and McCollum to extensions, like huge extensions. If you're not going to move on from McCollum and you're, like, committed to him, then you need to trade Simons. you got to trade one or the other. Like, So I would give up Simons and a first-round pick in that deal, and I'd probably want something back, like a second-round pick back, like something, just like something to kind of, like, sweeten the deal a little bit. Because I'm also taking on Gorgie Jang in this in this whole thing. And then if you're in Minnesota, if you're getting like Simons, who could maybe be your point guard of the future, um, 
but this is going to give you like 35, like 30 to $35 million in cap space next season. Like go get Fred Van Vliet. Like be like, I will outbid Toronto and go get Fred Van Vliet because they are too busy prioritizing cap space in 2021. I'm going to go get Fred Van Vliet and then maybe hopefully I'll have room for a power forward or I'll draft a power forward. Um, but uh, hopefully I'll have room for somebody like Jeremy Grant. Like if, if I can clear Covington and Jang off the books and have 30 to $35 million in cap space, maybe I can go get those two guys and give like Fred Van Vliet a contract starting at $20 million a year and increasing by 5% through four years. Um, and then, so that'd be like, um, essentially like the, the contract that Brogdon just signed. Um, and then the, you know, for, uh, Jeremy Grant, his contract would start at 15 million a year and, you know, again, increase by 5%. Um, I don't think it's without reason that you could get those guys at those numbers. Um, so I don't know. I think it works out for both teams. I think for Portland, Again, having Jang to be able to trade next year, um, attaching other future picks is good. But, yeah, Lillard, McCollum, Covington, Mello, um, uh, you know, next season Collins, uh, and then uh, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, and then obviously Gorgie Jang in the meantime. Um, I think it's pretty good. That's how I'd do it. What about you, Luke? No, I mean, I definitely like it. I mean, Covington's one of those players that if you can get him on any team, he's definitely going to help out um, Lillard and uh, CJ and their defensive um, abilities to guard people. So, no, I, I like it. Mine, Mine's a little bit more intricate. Uh, I kind of go into where who can I get, like, the nine people that I'd want, like, in the playoffs and, like, really, like, help this team out. And they're really bad defensively and all that. And, you know, you just lost Rodney Hood, so you got to replace that. So I had two different trades. So my first one is kind of a big trade. you got to hope that one team is really wanting this other player. So you're going off of the Magic really going with uh, one uh, DeRozan. So you kind of get in that deal. So that first deal, I have the Blazers gaining Aaron Gordon in it. Magic get DeRozan and uh, Bellinelli from the Spurs. And the Spurs would get DJ Augustine's expiring, Kent Bazemore's expiring, and then Zach Collins. So I know Portland and all their fans love Zach Collins, but I'm at that point where I've kind of given up on Zach Collins. I don't see him as a power forward, and that's where they really want him to be, and he's just been kind of injury-prone. And out of all the young guys that I have, too, I mean, Little doesn't hold that much as um, Collins and um, Anthony Simons. So I feel like Collins would actually – get something in the Spurs with, you know, building. They could finally go with their young guards. Lonnie Walker's been playing really well, so you can play him more. And Collins will be able to build around the uh, the Murray, Lonnie Walker, um, and um, I can't believe I'm uh, blanking out his name, but, you know, that Derek young White. one. And then Derek White. And then the Magic, you know, they can they get their guy who they've been wanting that they've been, you know, alleged to in DeRozan, some guy who can – be a score and then they still get Bellinelli can hit threes well I think Aaron Gordon would help out he's not a you know go-to scorer he can get you buckets and all that but he can help you out defensively he can switch on multiple positions I need in the playoffs I'm looking at who's going to give me big wing defensive minutes and I feel like he could give you big wing defensive minutes and he can also guard some of the bigger guys so he helps out there and then another trade that I'm looking to do is 
Um, looking at New York, and New York has three people that I can pick from. So I'm going to try to – I'm going to send them out um, my first-round pick, but lottery-protected, and Hassan Whiteside's contract. And I want to, I'm going to take back Ellington to gain a little bit of scoring that Rodney Hood was. He doesn't need the ball. He's a good three-point shooter, you know. Hassan Whiteside said, you know, I love shooters. That's what uh, – in um, – in Portland, so it'd be ironic that he's going to get replaced for a shooter. So, and then I'm, <laughs> I'm picking between. Do I want Bobby Portis? Do I think uh, Yusuf Nurkic is not going to be able to play this year? Do I want Portis that can maybe fill that void, and then he can be that firing contract like Courtney Jang um, uh, next year because it'd be um, expired? <clears throat> or do I just go ahead and take Marcus Morris if I think Nurkic can play this year? Marcus Morris will come in and play the, you know, he can definitely hit a big shot. He's played in some playoffs. He can give me wing minutes on guarding a defense of at least 10 minutes on, you know, the LeBrons, Paul George, and Kawhi. Or do I just try to swing and maybe get Randall, where I don't know how bad Nurkic's injury is and how he's going to come off of it. It might be two years before we really see Nurkic, and I'm just going to Randall. So you have the choice, because all their contracts are kind of right around the same and you know puts on white side sure. is so big so you have those options so you know the Blazers in the end are getting Aaron Gordon Ellington and then you choose where I chose in my one scenario just taking Marcus Morris who's you know if they think Nurkic is healthy he can come in I think Morris you know again can give me valuable wing minutes and he's not scared to hit a shot I mean I hate to say it, he is a black hole in offenses and he kills things but I mean, they already have Melo out there, and, I mean, he's not scared. If he were to get that ball and they need to get a big shot, he can hit it. And I like he – all three of those players, too, that you can pick from have that Portland mentality where I just feel like they always fit that Portland style where it's just, like, really gritty and grind. Like, just, you know, those players are going to go after it. So, that's how I pick Portland. I do not want Kevin Love. I hate that scenario. It's just going to make them really bad. I, I just hate it all the You're way. You're going to be I think the worst this, defensive team in the – well, yeah. second worst defensive team in the league to the Hawks. But, like, yeah, they're going to be really this, bad. I think this trade makes them be able to compete now with this window and play defensive, make up defensively what they've lacked, and then they'll still be able to score. Well, I would – I feel very safe in saying that either one of these trades um, that we have proposed um, to, to help Portland um, – both now and in the future, are way better than any kind of Kevin Love trade that anybody can come up with. Um, but, Joel, you get the final vote. And, and please let me remind you, you're not voting on this based on how it benefits the Knicks. <laughs> so don't let, don't, let, don't let it like affect your opinion uh, with how your Knicks may benefit in, in, in Luke's version of the trade. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. Um, what do you like better? Yeah. Do you like the um, uh, essentially the Blazers getting having to take on Jenks contract and but also getting uh, Covington or you know maybe the flexibility of getting a Marcus Morris and a Wayne Ellington? Um, you know, uh, there's certainly uh, something to be said for there. Yeah, I mean either way. They get a good three and D guy. If not the two, two of the better three and D guys in the league. <laughs> yeah, uh, personally, uh, in my opinion. Uh, so uh, I mean, you really can't go wrong with either option. It's really a matter of like the, the teams involved. Because I think Portland wouldn't say no to either. I mean, uh, if I'm, I'm Portland, I, I get myself Covington, 
for a decent price, uh, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. And they can get themselves Marcus Moore, same thing. Um, it's just a matter of, like, the other teams involved with that. Like, somehow Aaron Gordon is going to end up in, in, in Portland Zoo or some shit like that. I mean, uh, I guess it's a possibility. I'm not sure what Orlando wants to do. I'm really confused as to what Orlando wants to do, honestly. Um, are they going to break that up? Do they want to break that up? What are they willing to move? What do they want to get? You know, <laughs> Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Minnesota. We're, we're done with the show. You got a pick. What? We're done. We're we're already over time. I don't even know if this is going to be recorded. We? So. <laughs> yeah, we're we're done. Oh, it's nine o'clock. Yep. It didn't even warn us. No, it warned me. It didn't warn you. Oh, I, I don't know. I was just oh, like, shit. fuck it, let's go. I was more. I'm more know. interested. I, I'm just having a conversation with you guys. I'm more interested in what you guys. Good. I'm glad than no one could whether the, the fucking audience hears it. Fuck them. Yeah. They're like, what just happened? The audience <laughs> would never give up Zach Collins, and if they do, the audience feels like Kevin loves their savior because every person uh, that has a name in basketball industries said that they think that that's thanks. the perfect trade in. I just look at it, I'm like, it's so bad defensively, and they're already terribly defensively, where I feel like Aaron Gordon could help them out. Uh, I feel like Aaron Gordon could actually be well with them. I I don't know why the Magic are tied with DeRozan, but the Magic keep on, dude, more and more I read, it's not going the fuck away. That they're just out there and like, hey, DeRozan, what's up? They kind of want him. What's up? Like, Spurs. They want him more now. I think Spurs. Spurs are looking yeah. at some of their deals, and they're like, I don't want anything from you guys. So that's where, like, Zach Collins could come in and be like, well, you get Collins, and here's your young thing. So that's why, I'd like, it, it's going to take a lot, but I don't understand why Magic want him either. I'm with you guys. But they want him. They want to do yeah. something. And he, it's he can weird. Score I don't think anybody should want him. But they, for whatever reason, it seems like they do. Um, but anyway, but just between – between us three, Joel, which is, come on, which trade's better? Oh, <laughs> uh, which trade's better? I, uh, I, th- I think there's just less work on the Covington move. <laughs> just, just seems like yes. there's less to do there. I'm, I'm I not win. sure if Minnesota's willing to do it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I want to know who oh, Covington's getting traded for. That he, if he does, if he's the only name, it's going to be for something stupid and. It's a team where the Thunder can outbid them. Where who's going to give two first round picks for Covington? Oh, hey, you're not going to want my Celtics to do right, it. Right, right, but so like, much. here's the thing. Like, well, well, and here's the other thing with the Thunder, because um, I, I, I heard that they might be interested, uh, or that Minnesota might be interested in getting um, uh, Dennis Schroeder. So, like, if you could, if you could oh, uh, make a deal. If you can make a deal where you give them Schroeder and you take back Jang, um, who are the, the, the Dennis is fifteen five, Jang is like sixteen five, sixteen maybe a little bit more sixteen seven or something like that. Um, but you could still do that same deal that I proposed earlier, but like have that swap and maybe not give up two first round picks, but only one first round pick um, if. You know, if Minnesota likes Ben Schroeder that much, and then they could maybe try to right. flip Jeff Teague for whatever. I don't. I mean, I don't know 
what what they would actually get for him. Um, but like that could be uh, interesting too. So, I mean, this thing okay, they can outbid everybody for anybody if they wanted to, but it's just do do they I want don't know, to? Apparently, apparently, not basketball related, but apparently we have an impeachment, fellas. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Uh, fuck that guy. I don't. I don't really care. I mean, I think. Yeah. I think. Um, you know, it, it's it's not going to matter in the long run because the Senate, the Senate is not going to uh, do anything about it. But no. you know, is what it is. Well, um, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see. But yeah, no. But, uh, it, well, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, it, it, to answer your question, Luke, I think, uh, I, I mean, I think, I think both those trades are good. I think you're absolutely right that OKC could absolutely outbid anybody. So that's going to be the thing. Who, who makes the best? Who offer puts two for first round picks for them? Who does the two first rounders? That's who it is. Or who's naturally like, like I said. Well, like I said, like I think I don't I don't I don't think you have to if you throw in a guy like Anthony Simons. Like if you're like if you really oh. and, and, Yeah, Portland and, ain't giving him up. No, I don't think so either. But like I they fucking love him. And I think it's so stupid, like either trade uh you know, Simons or fucking trade um McCollum, like trade one or the other, like it doesn't make sense to have both those guys. Um, but nevertheless, so I, I, I agree with you. you do I don't this, think they're giving him up. But like, but, but here's my point: if you're if you're also willing to take back, um, you know, Jang, and and you're giving them only expiring money, and you free up the possibility for them to actually be players in free agency next season, they would. There's only like I think four teams who have uh, cap space, like legit cap space next season. It's like the Hawks, the uh, Hawks, Grizzlies, uh, Charlotte, and the Knicks. And like the, the Minnesota's way better than any of those. They, they have a better foundation than any of those teams. You maybe could argue like the Hawks or the uh, even more so really, you could argue the Grizzlies, um, but uh, but I mean Minnesota has the best player out of any of those teams. They have fucking cat uh, and like I think you could make a legit run at Fred Van Vliet and uh, Grant. So you know I don't know. I think I think that's valuable to them. And if they get a first round pick and clear that cap space, I don't know. I think I I I think getting off of Jang. If you think you can get something valuable in his place in the off season is worth a first round pick. It's just whether they think they can get the value or not, you know. But I mean, like when you're only competing against four other teams and all those four teams suck, um, you know, <laughs> um, I, I would feel relatively optimistic that I could, you know, be able to get, you know, get the dudes that I want. So. But uh, again, you got to compete with the teams that already have them. But again, the value between Van Vliet and Grant is they're still both young, but they're because of the way their contracts were structured, they did the short-term second contract guys. 
they're both unrestricted free agents, so you don't have to worry about you know signing them and then you know their current teams matching the deal. So you know that too. But anyway, yeah, man, uh, fun show. Uh, yeah. If we're still rolling, yeah. If we're still rolling, we we kind of just did like a like after pod special. <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. I've been nice to record. Rolling. <laughs> Extra five minutes. <laughs> I think uh, we've done this before with the episode of Geek Vibes Live and I, I think it, it kept recording even still, but we'll see. We'll see when it drops. Um but anyway yeah. if if we are still recording, thanks everybody for listening. Uh and we'll see you next week. Until then. Peace. 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 Peace.